Welcome to Earth Matters, environmental and social justice stories, produced in the studios of 3CR on Wurundjeri land and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm Jem Rummeld. This week we're heading west and getting an update on the thriving campaign to stop the construction of a new road known as Row 8 near Perth, which would cut through the precious Belia wetlands. Kim Dravniks, coordinator of Rethink the Link, will give us the lowdown before we speak with Simone Van Hattam from Frack Free WA on the campaign to wind back and prevent more unconventional gas fracking across that enormous state. Hi, Kim Dravniks. I'm the coordinator of Rethink the Link. Thanks so much, Kim, for joining us on Earth Matters. Thank you for having me. So can you please tell me about the Row 8 proposal and just assume that um, our listeners haven't heard about it before? I guess most people from Melbourne will know about the East-West Link um, that uh, Tony Abbott dropped on Australia at the same time as West Connect and the uh, Perth Freight Link. It would never been on any of our strategic plans in WA um, and he came out with that in August 2014 um, on the federal budget, and um, so our group rethink the link started in January 2015 when we realised there had been no community consultation about this freeway that was planned to go towards the port to take um, major freight trucks through to the port, but it didn't actually quite meet the port. It stopped about three kilometres short of it. Okay, and this and, is the Fremantle uh, yeah. port. This is Fremantle. Fremantle Port mm-hmm. um, is, is, you know, one of our older ports in Australia. It was built in the days of the sailing ship and is actually not large enough to take um, the containers, ships that are now coming through. Okay. They're the very large um, ones and most other ports have now moved away from their urban areas and into, um, you know, industrial zones, which mm-hmm. has been the plan in WA for over a decade, bipartisan, agreement to build um, a new port in Quinana. Mm. And then suddenly there was this road put upon us. And so the purpose of the road is ostensibly to reduce congestion in, in Perth, is it? Or is it well, around Fremantle? Well, it's meant to remove trucks from a six-lane highway that currently was built for um, trucking from the Kudal area, um, which is the industrial area near the airport, the international airport to the port, um, onto a four lanes of this row highway. So it's also um, called the row eight extension and the row nine and row 10. Um, the row 10 part has not been planned and is not even um, being, going to be planned until 2026, which would get the last part of the highway across the river into the port. The row nine section hasn't really been designed. It's been up in arms because it was going to take a lot of people's homes away. Um, and they changed that to a, a tunnel, but that still hasn't been fully designed either, so we've got mm. no nothing on that. But the row eight section um, mm. was going through the Belia wetlands, which is a you know a top state asset. We've lost over eighty percent of our wetlands in WA, and this one is the the, the crown jewel in WA. It's um, you know you may know that WA has the, the biodiversity hotspot in the world for the most number of. Mm. Um, plants that you cannot see anywhere else in the world. Wow, this I had no idea. Has, is, is the jewel in that biodiversity hotspot. Okay, and how can you tell me a bit about the wetland? How how big is it? Whereabouts is it? What's the ecosystem like? 
Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really diverse ecosystem through there. There's, there's three different um, hydrological areas between the different lake systems that are working through that area. It's a system of inland lakes mm. um, that are only about 10 kilometres in from the coast. And there's a system of coastal lakes with uh, saline ones. So these are freshwater mm-hmm. ones um, that run uh, north-south. Um, from These ones are probably only um, about 15 kilometres away from central Perth. So they're very close to the mm. city. And the, the tourism value of these um, are, are worth billions from the studies we've been doing mm. because of that biodiversity um, in there. And it's not just the lake system that are... You know, has been planned to be bulldozed for this road, but also a dry land um, bush that is also some of the last stands of things like the woody pear tree in a metropolitan area. Mm. And so it's really um, incredibly valuable. There's trees in there that are hundreds of years old and they have hollows which take at least 100 years to grow. Mm. Um, so that they are a feeding habitat and a nesting habitat for our carnaby cockatoo, which is a threatened mm. species. And that's now a federally listed threatened species. Mm. And is the area used for tourism at all currently? Is it a place that people from Perth will, will visit to get out of the city? The, the, the area around Bibra Lake is um, one of the most well-used regional areas. In fact, they've just finished building only a few months ago a $3 million playground there, which will now only be mm. 200 metres away from this freeway. Wow. Okay, so how much of the wetland would the Row 8 um, road impact upon? It's 97 hectares, um, the area that's going to be impacted. In fact, they've mm. already bulldozed quite a significant lot. They started just two weeks before Christmas. Mm. And in fact, they started in the most significant section, um, which was only like um, 500 metres between houses. Mm. And it was devastating for all the people living in that suburb. They were not only watching this fantastic bushland that they'd lived with all their lives, they were seeing the animals being destroyed through there because we're we're constantly seeing non-compliance with the so-called strict environmental conditions that were placed on this, um, you know, top-fast asset. Mm. But then they were um, covered in dust from the bulldozing, which was meant to be, you know, watered down all the way through there, but the water trucks weren't there. And then they found out that um, we did a lot of examining of the, the land before there and, and had that tested um, for asbestos samples that were all through there. A lot of people had dumped asbestos, as they do everywhere. Mm. And the bulldozers had been going right on top of that and then put through the mulching piles. So not only just wood dust, but also asbestos dust was just covering the community, everyone there, the police huge police presence at that time mm. and um, and you know, the children are in the home so it was mm. devastating for people and every report that went to the health um, department was referred back to the main roads department who then totally ignored it. We're speaking with Kim Dravniks from Rethink the Link about the Perth Freightlink project, also known as Row 8, that is currently bulldozing through the precious Belia wetlands near Fremantle. Let's get back to it. So who, sorry, is responsible for the project? Is it a West Australian state government project? West Australian project? government through the, the main roads WA department. Okay. And they, they have the responsibility for the project. And... Um, 
our EPA um, gave uh, or um, advised the minister after many, many years of saying there's no way that they could build a road through there without significant damage. Mm. They changed the mind at the last minute and said that they could use offsets, which goes against their policy. Mm. So one of our groups, Save Billy Wetland, took that to the Supreme Court. And we won that in the Supreme Court where the judge said, yes, the EPA did go against its own policy by allowing offsets to be used. How does the offset Um, system work in this case? The offset system is only meant to be for lower category um, environmental grounds where a, um, say a mining company or whoever proponent would buy land and set that aside for um, the animals, the habitat and the ecology that would otherwise be destroyed. Okay. Um, so in this case, this is there is no other habitat that you can find in WA that has the same ecology mm. as these Beely wetlands, mm. but they allowed this to happen. Mm. The government then spent um, a lot of money buying some land in a coastal area south of Perth, which is far too far away for like the, the birds um, mm. to, to have that feeding or nesting habitat through there. It's also a, a um, saline lake system. Mm. The Carnabies need a freshwater lake system, so it's not suitable for them. Mm. And yet, that the you know the government has and the environment minister, both state and federal, have refused to do anything about this. Mm. Um, we've just had a Senate inquiry mm. um, that was organised very quickly, a snap Senate inquiry that came to Perth, um, invited um, the state government to submit and you know put their case forward, but they refused to attend. Mm. Um, and the federal government were uh, had to admit that they hadn't followed up on um, checking the trees for the canopy nest, which okay. they're meant to do. Mm. And um, they can't, you know, they're not producing any um, information through that the Senate has been asking for like 18 times mm. to be able to get that information that should have been supplied. Senator Scott Ludlam said he's got more information through ASIO quicker than he has through the Environment Department. Mm. Wow. So and would the they... report that came out last week, mm. or came out on Monday actually, just slammed and said that the federal environment minister must shut down this straight away, but mm. that's been ignored. So what do you think the implications of that um, Senate inquiry and, and that report could be? Do you think there'll be any penalties flowing to the different departments? Well, we've, we've called for a Royal Commission into this because so many um, the, of the processes have not been followed. You know, strategic planning, the approvals processes through every different area, as well as the health impacts with this asbestos, um, you know, work safe things. So uh, we have an election on this Saturday, mm. and um, we're hoping that um, we'll have a new government who um, will call a royal commission or at least a commission of inquiry to get to the bottom of why so much has been hidden. Mm. We know that the companies that um, were awarded the contract have been major donors to the Liberal Party, mm. and we think there's you know some some questions to be asked how they got these contracts. Okay, you know we know so many things that were were not done. Um, Infrastructure Australia um, gave the go ahead, but there's never been a business case received or released to mm. the public. We've had to fight for two and a half years for freedom of information documents that we finally received just a week or two ago, and mm. that shows the incompetence that this government was racing. They had four hours to produce the um, traffic data mm. to put into the business case. You know, and this is the most expensive piece of road in WA's history, mm. $2 billion for 13 kilometres. That's the same price as we just built a hospital for. 
What is WA Labor's stance on the road? Um, they've been opposed to it. The, the Greens and uh, Labor have been opposed to this the whole way through. Okay. Um, and they've said that they will um, stop the contracts if they get elected on Saturday. Okay, so if there's a Labor government from this weekend, then it could be the end of the bulldozing and the end of the project, potentially? We certainly hope so. They've, you know, Of course, they'll have to be um, sworn into government before they can officially close, it, mm. but um, hopefully mm. the contractors and main roads will see the writing on the wall and stop works. Okay. Can you tell me just a little bit about the, the protest movement that has sprung up? Because there's suddenly been thousands of people going out and, and stopping construction. Um, it's been really wonderful to see. Can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, we, we sprung up with a small group of about a dozen people to start with two years ago. We now have 10,000 members. We had 5,000 before the bulldozing started, and mm. that's doubled in two months. Mm. Um, we've had thousands of people attend protests on site. We've had over 200 arrests from people. Um, mm. the, the government tries to... Um, put us down as, you know, raving hippies. But, you know, the amount of people with PhDs, um, I know personally of about 50 of them, you know. Wow. There's a huge number of people who are ordinary, everyday community that say this is just so wrong. There's mothers with small children. There's, you know, people coming before work. We have a watchers team down there every morning from before sunrise um, just keeping accountable for the trappers because we know that they're not doing their processes that are under the um, fauna management mm. plan and they, um, main roads and the federal environment minister and the state environment minister, everyone's informed of these breaches every single day and they refuse to do them. So mm, and the amount of people will be there before work in the morning or after work or between jobs or whatever. Mm. And... Um, yeah, so the most amount of arrests that have ever happened in a campaign in WA's history, we believe. What happens if the Liberal Party gets back in this weekend? Do you think the campaign will, will continue and the direct action will continue to stop the construction of the road? I believe a lot of members are still determined to continue. Mm, fantastic. And how can our listeners uh, support you and support the campaign and rethink the link? I imagine there will be, there might be a lot of fines flowing out. Um, is there some fundraising happening for the legal costs? Yes, there certainly is, and it's been. It'll be wonderful if people can um, donate to our trust um, crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. um, they can do that through our um, Facebook. They'll find the information on there. Or, you know, let us know and we can give you some more information. But definitely um, help with paying the fines. Um, the, it was interesting, the magistrate's been saying that he's never seen so many people of good character come through his court before in his life because, you know, so many people of outstanding character have been standing up for what they really believe. But now we're receiving fines of, you know, $500, $1,000, So it's quite a lot of money, but we're trying to pay everyone's fines through our crowdfunding. So that would be very helpful. Mm. And if people can ring the Federal Environment Minister, Josh Frydenberg, and um, you know, just be informed about it and, and let him know that, you know, he should actually be protecting our environment rather than destroying it, allow the destruction of it. Mm. Fantastic. Thank you, Kim, so much for speaking with Earth Matters. I wish you all the best and I hope you get to stop the bulldozers imminently. Thank you so much and really appreciate chatting to you today.
You're listening to Earth Matters, produced in the studios of 3CR in Fitzroy, Victoria, and broadcast all across these stolen lands we call Australia on the Community Radio Network. We're tuned in to environmental battles in Western Australia. We've just spoken with Kim Dravniks from Rethink the Link on the total mess known as the Perth Freight Link, or Row 8. Now let's listen in to the battle to get unconventional gas companies to frack off. Uh, my name's Simone Van Haddam. I'm the Midwest Coordinator for the Lock the Gate Alliance, WA. Great. Thanks so much for joining us on Earth Matters. And um, please, can you start by giving us an outline of the situation as it stands with fracking or proposals for fracking in Western Australia? Yeah. Um, so we've got um, our current government, our Liberal National Government, has allowed 15 million hectares of WA uh, to be covered in petroleum exploration licences or applications. Um, We have shale and tight gas in WA. They are unconventional resources, similar to coal seam gas on the East Coast. Okay, and Uh, that area, sorry, was that 50 million hectares? Yes, so that um, covers um, from the southwest around Margaret River um, up to Mandurah, south of Perth, and it continues again from the Swan Valley, which is on the edge of Perth, um, all through the Midwest, north of Geraldton, some spots around um, the Gascoigne, including right on the edge of Cape Range National Park, uh, Ningaloo Reef, Nexmouth, and then there's a large, large area in the Kimberley, um, called the Canning Basin that has shale gas um, resources there. Okay, and that's that's uh, the whole area that's open for companies to explore for shale gas, is that right? Yes, yes, okay. and that includes um, town water aquifers, Perth's drink, underground drinking water. Perth relies on about 46% of its drinking water from underground aquifers. They're at risk, mm. um, and also... Um, yeah, in the in the Kimberley as well. Um, yeah, it's huge areas that include um, national parks as well. Mm, okay, and are there companies that are exploring? Yes, yeah, so there's several companies uh, exploring, and uh, there have been about ten wells fracked in the last few years um, in the Kimberley, in the Midwest, and um, I think one in, was in the Southwest. So there have already been wells fracked um, by Brewer Energy in the Kimberley um, and AWE and Transserve have done fracking exploration in the Midwest as well. Okay, and what's been the response so far to those projects or how have they, how have they unfolded? Um, there's a lot of concern from communities around those areas. Um, there's been uh, gasfield-free communities declared by farming communities um, and southwest regional communities. Um, in the Kimberley, there's been opposition from a lot of traditional owners, um, including Yaru people who said no to fracking on their country, um, but Buru Energy went ahead anyway. Um, and now Miklo Corpus um, has been camped outside of one of the sites, um, the main site for nearly or maybe over just two years now. Um, are protesting that there, but there's others as well who are, are protesting uh, these things, and that continues to build 
um, and especially extra around election time, of course. Mm. So there's an election this weekend. Um, how? What are the implications of either the Liberal Party um, winning office again, staying in, or um, Labor getting in? Mm. Uh, so, yeah, the, if the Liberal Party win, then... Um, Cracking just continues, and industry have actually indicated that um, WA is a prime target for unconventional resources. So we know they're interested um, and ready to go. But yeah, the Liberal Party are the ones that have allowed all these gas licences and applications. Um, they've refused to put a halt on it uh, until it's proven safe. Um, they won't give veto rights to farmers or traditional owners or pastoralists. Um, so it just continues um, as is. They say they have strong regulations, but so does every government in every state, and there's already been issues in WA um, with some of the exploration wells uh, and, and in other states, obviously, and the US has been various issues. Um, but if Labor win, um, the ALP have committed to a statewide moratorium on unconventional gas and fracking, um, and they've actually announced uh, a few months ago a permanent ban on fracking in the southwest Perth and Peel regions, um, which is clearly because of the, the strong community campaign. Um, they haven't provided much detail on that southwest ban, though. Um, we're unclear if it uh, covers all unconventional gas exploration, not just the process of hydraulic fracturing. Okay. Um, and with the statewide moratorium, there's no time frame on that. So they have said they'll ha hold an inquiry until it's proven safe, but there's no time frame for that okay. temporary ban. Okay, so a moratorium would be a temporary thing and a ban would be a lasting um, yes. le legislation. So just recently in Victoria, the parliament has legislated to ban fracking permanently. Mm. Um, I guess, is that what you're advocating for the WA government who also do? Um, we've been focusing on uh, a moratorium so that, um, yeah, so that it can then go further to a permanent ban eventually um, because the science, the science isn't in. The science is still coming in about the dangers um, and we know that Victoria also first had a moratorium um, before they then um, committed to a permanent ban. But, um, yeah, we know that lots of... I know that lots of the communities I'm supporting throughout the Midwest and around the Perth and Swan Valley area and in the Southwest definitely want to see a permanent ban on this. Mm. How do the different towns and um, different areas coordinate and, and stay in touch with each other across such large distances? It must be difficult to try to, um, try to coordinate a campaign across such an mm. enormous um, expanse of, of land that's... Um, proposed for fracking? Yeah, there's lots of um, emails flying around. We have phone hookups between the regional coordinators um, and, yeah, a lot of um, communication via Facebook as people slowly um, meet each other from different areas. We recently had the Midwest to Perth Ute Muster where all of the different um, communities and action groups from the Midwest came together to drive in convoy and picking each other up along the way to Perth to send the message to Perth people um, that they need to consider this risk to their food bowl and water, um, but also take the message to city politicians and uh, and Barnett Premier Barnett's electorate of Cottesloe. That sounds great. 
<laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, so is this, I mean, is fracking sort of WA's solution to the end of, of the mining boom? Uh, no, definitely not. Um, there's not a lot of jobs in it, it's definitely not long-term jobs. Um, also, we don't need the gas. There's a lot of offshore gas and there's already a conventional gas industry as well. Um, a lot of that, or I think all of that offshore gas is being exported. Um, no, I think um, there's, there's a lot of other possibilities for WA um, to diversify our economy and, and uh, have more sustainable and long-term industries. Farmers, pastoralists and traditional owners can't actually uh, stop this from occurring on their, their properties. And uh, so far the National Party have acknowledged that for farmers, for private landholders, and they've put up a policy that they support veto rights for landholders. Of course, they won't, wouldn't form government by themselves, so they would still uh, need to, to yeah, convince the party they're in, in government with. Um, and Labor haven't talked about veto rights, um, but they say their moratorium will cover it, but I think a lot of people still want certainty from the Labor Party as well that they, farmers, pastoralists and traditional owners will have veto rights to stop this on their land. Mm, yeah, that sounds really crucial and it sounds like the Labor Party needs some more pushing, so even if they get in, it sounds like the, there will still be a pretty big job ahead of you. Mm, yeah. So how can um, listeners find out more or, or support um, the campaign in WA to stop the fracking? Um, so we've got a, a website, frackfreewa.org.au. That's the, the local WA Lock the Gate campaign website, so to speak. Um, and also um, all the social media channels, it's Frack Free WA. So Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Um, and yeah, on our website there's a petition or, um, or you can sign up to the general contact list via that and we'll keep you updated. But yeah, on our um, Facebook and other social media we've put out a scorecard to just be really clear on where all the different parties stand in the lead up to Saturday. All right, <laughs> thanks so much, Simone, for speaking with Earth Matters. Thank you very much. <laughs> Huge thanks to Simone Van Hattam from Frack Free WA and Kim Dravnix from Rethink the Link for joining me on the show. If you missed their websites, you can find out more at frackfreewa.org.au or rethinkthelink.com.au. I'm Jem Rummeld and this has been Earth Matters, produced in the studios of 3CR on Wurundjeri Country and broadcast all across this continent thanks to the good folk at the Community Radio Network. We'd like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their financial support. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, then we'd love some feedback. You can find our page on Facebook. It's called Earth Matters or email us at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. The music you've heard on this show is from Anna Calvino and now we'll go out with Mining Man by The Lurkers. That's all for now. Thanks for your ears and please tune in again next week for another dose of Earth Matters. Lock the gate, lock the gate, lock the gate With a mining company, nothing ever comes for free So lock the gate, lock the gate, lock the gate Lock the gate
take you down Lock the gate, lock the gate Run that mining man out of town Lock the gate, lock the gate, lock the gate. 